0: This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. Guess what? I've got a new book coming out. It's called The Goddess Discovered, Exploring the Divine Feminine Around the World. And it is coming out on December 8th from Llewellyn Worldwide. This book has over 500 deities in it. Part one of the book will take you into the ancient world where you will learn about ancient religions that you may have practiced during your past lives. And you'll explore goddesses from the ancient Celts, the Norse, the Egyptians, the Greeks and Romans, and more. And then in part two, we will explore living religions, current modern religions, and the deities worshipped by people during our own modern times. In part three. You'll have a chance to take some past life regressions and even genealogical regressions to connect with the places where your ancestors may have worshiped these deities in the past. Pre-order The Goddess Discovered and you'll receive a free gift, a guided journey from me through my Healing Arts platform. I hope that this one will be a book. That you will have on your shelf for years to come and i cannot thank you enough for your support of this book i'll have lots of events coming up but meanwhile you can pre-order the goddess discovered and i thank you so much for your support namaste Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Care. Hey, dear one. I hope you're having a wonderful week. So I'm super excited about our guest today. It's my friend, granddaughter Crow. She is really Dr. Joy Gray, and she is a member of the Navajo Nation. We're having an amazing conversation today about her wonderful book, I hope you're going to enjoy it again. Um, I have a lot of respect for her, and I was just thrilled that she's one of the many guests this season who is giving an endorsement to my book The Goddess Discovered It means the world to me because I've really tried in this upcoming book to give it everything I've got and to be as respectful as I can to all of the beautiful people around the world and So I really highly recommend granddaughter's work. She's amazing and I think you're gonna love what she has to say. So let's settle in and let's check it out together. My dear friends, welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. So, I am super excited today. I have a very, very special guest. It's Granddaughter Crow, and she's got this beautiful book that I absolutely love and adore called Belief Being and Beyond Your Journey to Questioning Ideas, Deconstructing Concepts, Healing from Harmful Belief Systems. Um, Let me just read her bio. She's amazing. Um, Granddaughter has a doctorate and she's got a lot of amazing accomplishments in education, and she's still educating us now. She's an author, medicine woman, public speaker, teacher, intuitive reader, descended from a very long line of spiritual leaders. She's an empath and member of the Navajo Nation. She was voted Woman of the Year in 2015, well-deserved. By the National Association of Professional Women. And you can visit her online at granddaughtercrow.com. And we're going to have links to the book, links to her wonderful website. Granddaughter, it's such a joy to meet you. Welcome to Healing Arts.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you, Shelly. It is such an honor to be here with you today. I know what you stand for about self discovery to empower people, to bring them healing in their life. So, hello to you, wonderful listeners. It's an honor to be here with
0: you. Thank you. It's such an honor to have you. So, I love your book, I adore it. Um, highly, highly, highly recommend it, everybody. Um, You tell some really incredible stories. We talked a little bit off air, you know, I was raised in Albuquerque, and I know you were from the Gallup area. And I was wondering if you could tell the story that you share with readers at the beginning of the book that is so relevant to so many people out there about your upbringing and and when you moved on into a different realm, let's just say.
1: Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so I would love to share this with your listeners. And so that Some of you out there who feel like you're alone, you're not alone, you're not alone. So I was born to uh, Reverend Jackson Yazzie of the Christian faith, He, uh, full-blood Navajo. He was taken from his Hogan when he was about eight years old. So I think he was born like 1932, taken and put into a boarding school. His hair was cut. His language was denied, his culture was denied, and he was taught a different way of living, a different way of thinking, a different way of being, and it was drilled into him so deeply that he stayed with that way for the rest of his life. He met my mother in seminary school. So now, yeah, we've got Mm. two reverends that I'm, you know, raised by. And out of the children, they saw me as the one who would carry the sacred spirituality to others. Like I was to carry on the torch, right? And, but I was supposed to do it in their way, which was very, a dogmatic way. It was a very, um, you are born from sin and a sinful act and you are sinful. And, and I was like, but what about the love? What about the love? So when I was about, so I was really raised to be a reverend of the Christian faith to the extent that I was supposed to, the The plan was I would drop out of school when I was 16 years old. And then I would go to seminary school and my life would be dedicated to uh, that message. Well, guess what happened, Shelly? I started asking questions. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Do not question authority. Do not question your parents. Do not question your belief system. And don't question the God that we are showing you. That made me fall from grace. Mm-hmm. And It got to the point where they started having prayer meetings because they thought honestly the devil took her soul she was here on god's path and the devil got a hold of her i'm like but this is the type of questions i would be asking i'd say well this was before internet and um i was like well if god is love And you can only go to heaven through this certain dogmatic conditioning, but the majority of the human race uh, will never hear of this. How is that a loving God? Why did he create us as sinners? That doesn't sound very nice. So I started asking these questions and it wasn't that the questions that I was asking as much as the fact that I was asking them at all, because my mother and father's complete marriage and relationship was built around this dogma so i graduated high school when i was 17 years old and it was a difficult time let me tell you and they asked me to leave straight out of high school i was uh they were just basically like what is it going to take to get you and your influence of the devil's work or whatever you're questioning out of our house out of our community out I was blocked from community and family, and I've done a lot of work. And part of the work that I've done is understanding that belief systems, whether it's a belief system religiously, whether it's a belief system of the way that you're supposed to walk or behave in this world, of your sexual orientation, of your, um, race of your person of color whether you're a female even the there i mean you know, i come from gen x so sometimes females were not always looked at as equal and and there's all of these these categories that land us on our road to self discovery on our path to self um authenticity there are so many blocks that we come up against and one of those blocks is the biological family and the community that you were raised with. And so with that, I wanna say you are not alone. If you have ever been felt like you were quote unquote, the other, hence you are less than this book is for you to mm-hmm. empower you to be able to question ideas and feel comfortable in the questioning, to be able to explore yourself, to ask questions. And then guess what? Answers come. <gasps> you could have all of the, that all of the answers right in front of you. But if you don't pose the question, you might not necessarily understand the answer or know how to apply the answer so this book is written for for those people and i will throw this down you know the old saying blood is thicker than water well that's incomplete the complete statement is the blood of the covenant the people who you befriend your spiritual community your new community that covenant the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb So I just want to really empower people who have gone through what I've gone through. And yes, I'm summarizing it and I'm talking lightly about it, but I hope that somebody can identify with it in their own way. And maybe
0: they can feel like they're not alone. Absolutely. You know, I wanted you to share this because, um, I think a lot of the listeners and viewers, they've been with me a while, but um, they know, you know, I grew up in Albuquerque and my parents came to those similar conclusions. How can we go to church on Sunday and act nice to each other and then stab each other in the back when we see each other at the grocery store during the week? That doesn't make any sense. And so they pulled me out of the traditional church when I was a little kid. So I was always raised with the open-mindedness that you're discussing, but yet, because I've worked with clients over the years, as you have, you know there's just so many people who i've run into and you exactly facing what you you are describing here they are understanding new ideas maybe for the first time they know this is not how they're raised and maybe they're now adults too and so you have a wrestling that goes on within a person as they're trying to understand you know i'm still okay if i don't believe the same way as the people who raised me and this is somewhat of a struggle as they're growing and learning and just coming to new understandings about, um, as you've so eloquently said, and, and I've thought it myself, I mean, what kind of a God is saying that, you know, these, these people over here are okay and everyone else is just gonna burn in the, the fires. That doesn't make any sense at all, you know? And so people wrestle with a lot of that. And I think you really speak to that in your book through your own personal experience. And I've had to, um, in my perspective, just understand how very unique my upbringing was. Yes, compared to many of the people who I encounter on a daily basis.
1: And I think it's um, wonderful that your parents did that. Because, you know, back in that day, if you did not follow, you know, whatever belief system or whatever, if you if you questioned it, that's the whole key is questioning it. If you question it and then turn your back, you are literally outcast. But it so it takes a lot of courage. And um, absolutely, even if, I mean, I did a lot of homework when I was writing this book. And, and the whole book isn't necessarily about my life situation, but it's about helping people to look at things from different points of view to realize that we are more alike than we are different. There are different creation stories in mythology, in theology, in philosophy, but there's a creation story in science. There are different flood stories in very different religions, in history, all of it. But there's always a flood story. So looking at the commonality and relaxing the mind around more of a dogmatic path, not only with religion, but even if you have been raised where you're um, discovering your psychic abilities you're discovering your sexual orientation you're discovering spirituality and and ufos and all of these things that make you feel like ooh, i can't talk about that at thanksgiving dinner this is the place where you could talk about that
0: absolutely yeah you yeah i thought about ufos earlier that's another one that it's like how can we look in the sky and think that we're the only thing that the creator put here that that also never made any sense to me but you know what i mean i know what you mean so the other thing i was really fascinated you you do share um readers in this fabulous book um she shares some of these creation myths the navajo creation myth and the Christian creation myth, if you will, and and others. And I was wondering if you could share with readers then within your own spirituality, you've really come to embrace the tarot or the tarot. And you talk extensively about that in the book. How did you come to that as you're, let's say, marrying and merging that as the tool, one of your tools of choice, let's say within your spiritual practice?
1: Absolutely. So truth is, is that I am a student of life and all things spiritual and curious. I'm a very curious soul. So when I started looking into the tarot, I started doing not only what does this card mean? How do you do a spread? How do you set sacred space? You know, blah, 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 all of that. I looked into the history and When I look into the history, the most recent cards that we have are about 500 years old. But if you keep going back, we're looking at Jewish mysticism, Kabbalistic teachings, sacred wisdom that might be older than Christianity itself. I know. And and that their mysticism was hid within these symbols, within these pictures so that they would always, their spirit would always remember their mysticism, even if it was challenged. And so, you know, I do quote a lot about, um, a Kabbalistic writer who who really throws down about that. So in truth, when I'm looking at religion and Christianity and different stories around the globe of, of different events, the flood, the creation, the flood, the Messiah or the hero and and the end of time and what happens beyond that. I would be remiss if I didn't add this ancient, ancient Jewish mysticism. And I have people who have run tarot groups, teach the tarot, look at the tarot, read the tarot. After they pick this up, they're like, I never looked at it like that. So now it kind of broadened their scope. So I put it in there because it is a part of um, the way that mankind answers questions such as where did we come from why am i here what happens after i leave the the biggest things that answer that are theology a religion or a spiritual path uh, mythology you know when you're looking at the greek or the norse pantheon egyptian pantheon or psychology, you know, and philosophy, we all look at, you know, how, what does Nietzsche think about God and, and all of that and and science, how does science approach these big overarching questions. So I, I look at it, the major arcana within the tarot or tarot, absolutely addresses that those same big, where did I come from? Why am I here? What's going to happen after I leave questions?
0: That is so interesting. Um, I love how you did that. I took, I lived in uh, Denver and Colorado Springs at different times in my life. And it was there where I met a very excellent teacher of the tarot. And I took like a two month long class and it is fascinating to learn the symbols. I had read years ago uh, to your point that you're making about the hidden symbology that was right in front of their faces, that in Italy, they were considering this a quote card game. Like we were just having a little friendly, parlor gathering, but yet there you have it. All that rich symbology is just sitting in front of everyone's faces, kind of hiding in plain sight. It is very, very fascinating for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. I love it. And I love the fact that we are living for the most part in a day and age where, you know, we don't have to hide as much maybe some of your listeners may still be in a situation where they still have to keep that under wraps in order to you know maintain balance within their 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 life but at the end of the day I mean, you can walk into a shop purchase a tarot deck and walk out and you're not going to get arrested or burned or drowned or anything like that so i'm really <laughs> thankful for where we are now and and i do love um cuz i'm right outside of denver now too and I do love this idea of the symbols are so deep within us that when I teach the Tarot, I say, I, in, in fact, in the book, I talk about step into the card, look around, what temperature is it? What do you see? If you're an empath, how do you feel? It's a totally, and because a lot of, you can read books on these symbologies and absolutely hold truth, but also your spirit will recognize them. Even if it's from a past life or whatever, it's going to inspire something. So when I actually work with a client one-on-one and I show them cards, I sometimes, get this hit that this card means something deeper to them. This These pictures mean something deeper to them than just what I know. And so I'll ask them, what does the hawk mean to you? What does this mean to you? And inevitably, they're like, well, it means my grandfather's watching or my mom is here or whatever. So looking at the pictures, a picture speaks a thousand words, you know, but it doesn't speak English. And so it is with spirit, spirit can be translated into English as vibration, but at the end of the day, these pictures and these symbols and all of this is something that can stir up a spiritual knowing and message within you. So trust that too, my friend, trust that too.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Um, these symbols are speaking to the soul, really. And when you stare at, at certain symbols, which I have done, um, I don't know if listeners and viewers have done that, but you should try it sometimes. Stare at some of these. You start to, like you said, you you feel a draw towards certain things, or maybe you even feel ooh a little trepidation or something. And that's something within the soul essence that's being um, I don't want to say triggered in a bad way, but let's say you're having a remembrance. Um, kind of like what I call a super retrovie almost where we're having an externally induced past life memory that could come even from symbols or traveling or seeing familiar people and switching gears now to the other place where I think a lot of this comes from Um, you know even 10 years ago I would have thought that most of our external influences were from past lives but as you well know a lot of our influence comes from our ancestors. And I think there's a very beautiful um, emergence in the Western world that perhaps hasn't been there in a very long time of the importance of, of honoring our ancestors and this idea that, you know, we know that through our DNA, we actually exhibit their personalities, we do bring forth their energy. And I, I'm really happy to see more of that. Um, being awakened in the Western world and you definitely speak to the ancestors in the book and I was wondering if you could just share absolutely. your thoughts and insights on that as well and the importance
1: absolutely absolutely Shelly the the interesting thing is is that sometimes you have to frog leap over your or known biological family that may have kicked you out in order to find your comfort and peace with your ancestors. And when I look at my ancestors, um, I looked for uh, who comes to me a lot is my grandfather, my dad's dad. I never got to meet him in the 3D world, the third dimensional world, but I know him in spirit and I know him in my body and he teaches me, hence my name is granddaughter Crow because he had the spirit of the raven and the crow as well. But when you get into your ancestral work, if you are called to do so, don't be worried if you need to leapfrog over a couple of people that you know that maybe were harmful to you and your immediate situation, and go back to realize far enough where you feel comfortable. Then when you do that, think about how did they interact with the natural world? Did they have indoor plumbing? Did they need a fire? Appreciation comes from that. How did they interact with the natural world? Did they Ground through gardening. Is that why you love gardening? And then I want to let you know that if you connect with them, then you will realize that you are the product of their work, their prayers, their dream. And the reason why they did what they did, irregardless of what they went through, their hardships, was to have you here. So receive that hug from them.
0: It's so very, very true. Um, the influence that, that comes out of nowhere, we're now starting to understand, as you've said, it's, it's our ancestors embodied in our physical presence at this time. And you know, I've, I've heard so many times lately, in the last couple of years, I had a book come out called "Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life." And the students who took this class with me, they said, "You know, I know that I'm here in this body, in this life to heal the trauma of the ancestors and to bring healing and light to all of the lineage. And this seems to be just so very, very common. And the things that you've described as well, where it it is not easy work to do. Um, There are challenges. uh, And so we have to get past the the physicality of like who somebody is in the three-dimensional world. And hope to meet them more on a soul essence level, or as you said, like skip generations and understand that there's a whole string of energy here that needs to be loved, embraced, appreciated, healed, transformed, et cetera. And it's just very, very powerful work, which I know you do um, so well. I love it. Yeah, it is.
1: It's like, uh, those types of classes need a little disclaimer that says, This isn't easy peeling an onion, you might have tears, but at the end of the day, healing seven generations back, seven generations forward, you know, in the Lakota Sioux way. But healing of like, there are a lot of us, and I feel that there's a lot of your listeners too that are here to break cycles you know and in you breaking your cycle sometimes that ancestral work uh, is extremely helpful um, because we're all warriors in one way or healers in one shape or form and then also but I would I would highly recommend if you are at all drawn to this book I think that it might Put peace around some texture, some pathways, some peace around what you're going through. If you do pick up this book or gift this book, I would highly recommend doing a journal with it, a specific journal for this, because at the end of each chapter, journal prompts are there so that you can self-discover, so that you can be your authenticity, which is what creator the divine, however that comes to you, created you to be without all of these layers of dogma and society and in the box thinking. It's like busting out into your authenticity is probably the biggest compliment that you could give the divine.
0: Absolutely. And it's a lifelong journey at times. Um, It's a up and down journey, but it's very, very valuable. And I think it's something that just about everybody is working on these kinds of issues to some degree, whether they're even consciously aware of it or not, you know, just trying to find out like, who am I really like, what do I even want to eat for dinner tonight? If you didn't have all these influences, you know, even the simple things get difficult with all, I think all the media, all the bombardment of content that's being shoved at us, plus upbringings and other things. I think it's very difficult in the modern world to weed through all of that. Don't you think?
1: I absolutely think so. And then, if you look at what we have been under globally, with um, over the last couple of years with the pandemic, and we are looking at social distancing and and you know shelter in place, and we're and we're learning how to work from home. Actually, what I discovered was that slowed people down to have to. Forced self-examination, and forced, am I truly happy with my life? And so now, these are some tools, as well as you know, Shelley's podcasts in the in the healing realms and everything that we're bringing forward. It actually, I think, that stimulated a lot of this. And so, this is the prime time to have people come forward and and go, oh, you know what. I was just so used to buying this product and eating it every Tuesday night. Now I'm like, but I don't like that. Or, you know, just the simple things like you said, what do I actually want for dinner? Or when, am I buying this? Because that's what I was raised to do. So it's like questioning those things. is It's beautiful. Absolutely. Lifelong. Absolutely.
0: It's fantastic really. I mean, I know that the pandemic has been very difficult in many ways, and yet the value, you know, there's always good in everything and that was a true value is forcing everybody to slow down, take a look and make these different decisions and and just bring awareness into daily living. I think it's it's unbelievably valuable.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So I've got the little notes here. So your book, I love the way it's it's outlined you your chapters begin with the awakening in morning the enlightenment at noon being in the evening becoming at night and then beyond as the new day and you talk about a fear that you had oh yes and I would love you to share that with the listeners because that was really interesting
1: absolutely um so when I was a little girl, and this this is a fun story once we get through the whole thing. When I was a little girl, I like 10, 11, 12, I feared tomorrow. I know that sounds so strange, but I feared the concept of tomorrow so much so that I remember laying awake, crying, not wanting to go to sleep because I was so afraid of tomorrow. Um, I'd love your take on what that means, because I haven't talked in therapy about that. But what happened was I remember the spirit of this older woman came to me and she held me and it was just this spirit. And she said, it's okay, little joy, joy. Are you afraid of today? Today? And I said, no, I'm not afraid of today, but tomorrow. And she said, tomorrow never comes, my dear. You are always in today, but when you are tired, you can't handle any more of today. So go to sleep and you'll wake up once again in today. And so then when I was about 35 years old, I was doing a lot of meditation. And in one of my meditation free form where I didn't really focus, I found myself in this room and there was a little girl crying and I walked up to her and I held her and I said, what are you afraid of? And she said, tomorrow. And I told her, I told her you are always in today tomorrow never comes, you're okay. So yeah, I believe we can heal through space and time. I mean, yeah, we talk about past lives and everything, but sometimes we can be, we can show up for our inner children. I heard this on uh, social media that you become the adult that your inner child needed. So go back and visit them and give them love and comfort them.
0: Yeah, that's a very powerful story. And it's so true. And and it's a powerful exercise, if we could comfort the part of us that still is an inner child, you know, your, your story really, um, I loved it. And it really struck me, it reminded me when I was a little girl living in Albuquerque. And I read Dr. Raymond Moody's book, Life After Life, when I was like in elementary school. And I remember, sitting on my driveway one night and just looking up at the sky and saying oh my god we're all gonna die (laughs) I mean it's not the same but it's a a similar feeling yes and I think my family was like what is wrong with her you know and eventually I guess I figured out how to comfort myself I don't remember how I ever did that that's why your story just really struck me yes I mean um it also speaks to all of this self-help like you know being in the present moment yes what a beautiful lesson what a great uh demonstration of that let's just be where we are and then we don't need to just be as peaceful as we can in the so, now so i just loved it absolutely and i'd love so i to guess share- we were weird kids i don't know i know but
1: um- <laughs> Everybody who's listening to this identifies with a little bit of a weird kid where this is home. We are the blood of the covenant here. We are the blood of the covenant here. And so I'd love to share the story of where the title came from. Yes. Yes. Okay. Please. So I obviously uh, had a bumpy. a bumpy high school experience, and then off into the world. And I really kind of wanted to close my third eye. I didn't know whether I was being brainwashed. I didn't know. So I just went off into the world. And when I hit about 30 years old, uh, for you astrologers under my Saturn return, I thought to myself, if I could do anything, what would I do? And the answer bubbled up from within me go to college. And that was so weird because I barely got out of high school. I did not see myself as intelligent. I did not see myself as a student going to school and paying for it. Are you kidding me? What am I mad at myself? What is this? Anyway, I went to college first night. It was um, icebreaker class first night of college. Professor looks around. Here's your icebreaker if you were to write a book, what would the title be? So we all sit around figuring out as adults who are in college, what would my book be? And I wrote down the title and I put down my pen and then she starts going around the room. Well, the first guy goes, uh, how to ski a black diamond. And I'm like, oh, and another lady was like, how to bake the best oatmeal cookies. And now I'm like, Uh oh, I went way too deep again, embarrassed. And she got to me, and it really was a split second that I was like, how to twirl a baton, how to roller skate, uh, uh, you know, what do I say? And I was just like, I read the piece of paper and I said, belief, being, and beyond. And I felt that the room went awkwardly silent, but the professor looked at me with curiosity and said, why? Why? And I said, well, one's core belief system constitutes their behavior and how they're being in the world. But there's always something beyond that. So a belief system can be so deep within us that we will go to war. It can be so deep within us that we will lose our children. It will be so deep within us, whatever, blah, 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 blah and it constitutes our behavior but there's something beyond that let's open our minds and i'm not just talking about religious belief systems i'm talking about beliefs of about who you are like if you believe that you should brush your teeth twice a day you will brush your teeth religiously right. and so it's kind of like and a couple decades later on the shelf waiting for you belief being and beyond by granddaughter crow
0: That is so cool. You know, this story, as well as when you met the girl who you had to give your own advice to that you had received as a little girl, I mean, it makes you wonder, you know, how the space fabric works that we're, we really might be the, you know, we're waiting, you know, that saying, we're waiting for someone to come and help us and rescue us or whatever. But what if we are the people, you know, we are the people who are here. Yes. Yes. give ourselves clues along this strange path called life and take these actions and yeah, go beyond the beliefs I that we've had. in
1: the past. Absolutely. I love that Shelly. And I want to take that one step further. Maybe we are, we are our healers. We are our own hero. We are all of that, which also think about this. If that be true, are we the judge and jury? that we stand before when we cross. And if that be true, maybe it's not an external force. Maybe the idea under the Lord's prayer of forgive me of my trespassers as much as I can forgive those who trespass against me. Maybe it's about the more forgiveness that we give ourselves the more forgiveness we can give others the more forgiveness we give others the more forgiveness we give ourselves. and so maybe get give give your internal judge that get out of jail free card quit judging yourself release yourself from the shame and blame and go out there and heal yourself because you're worth it otherwise the creator wouldn't have created you and she- Kelly and I wouldn't be having this self-discover self-awareness self-healing always when you do that work you run up against a judge of some sort so maybe if you're that judge maybe you should be a little bit gentler they always say my worst critic is within me yeah that's the same way with all of us guys so maybe if we can help our internal critic to give us a little bit more grace like we would give to our best friend maybe our healing will be a little bit smoother
0: yeah, you're exactly right. We are definitely infinitely more hard on ourselves than we are a lot of times on others. And when we do this work, when we do take the time to heal ourselves, then the entire universe begins to unfold because we're, we're showing up differently. We're being that graceful person who's extending grace to others and who's capable of doing that. I mean, it really sends ripple effects through the cosmos.
1: I love it. I love it. I love it. So um, for your listeners, even beyond buying the book, I would love to give you a quick little exercise, if you wouldn't mind, towards self-improvement and all of this. So if you're driving, wait till you get home. But if you can, put your fingertips together, put your pinky to your pinky, put all of them together, thumb to thumb. And then inhale through the nose for a few beats. Hold that in there for a few beats and exhale and release all of the tension and do that again in your own rhythm and in your own timing. And then if you can, put your hand over your heart. The organ, maybe you can feel it beating, maybe you can't, connect with it. Bring your consciousness to your heart. Now breathe through your heart as you take your breaths, almost like your heart is a lung. Inhale into the heart and then hold that energy and then release that energy. And then think about something that makes you happy, peaceful, joyful, whatever that is, loved. Think about that. And now as you exhale, that energy literally, scientifically is proven to radiate at least 10 feet out from you. I believe you can radiate that around the globe. And when you can do that and you can heal and regulate your heart, then wisdom and self-knowledge comes easier. I would would say if you enjoyed that, make it a practice. What did that take? Two minutes, make it a practice a couple times a day and see how your life will change just because of that consciousness and that exercise. There is scientific proof that it'll happen.
0: Absolutely, I totally agree. Yes, wonderful, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, your work is amazing, granddaughter. Um, I love your book, highly recommended. I will have your website up and links to this fabulous book. It has been a joy to connect with you. I wish you continued peace, love, joy, happiness, prosperity, and all good things on your path as you go forward. And it's been great to have you. Catch you. Thank you, Shelley. Friends, we've done it again. Another episode of Healing Arts. So check out granddaughter's book. We will have the links below and I'll see you next time on Healing Arts. Hey, friends, would you like to heal your ancestors to heal your life? Well, you can do just that with my book by the same name that will teach you my genealogical regression process so that you can send love and light to your ancestors. And by learning a few simple techniques, you will begin to feel the benefits of that healing resonating through yourself and your entire family, past, present and future. Check out my book, Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life, The Transformative Power of Genealogical Regression, today. Just go to pastlifelady.com, click on the book link, and check it out. Thank you so much.